The Mariners are off today, so Colby's going to rank prospects 25 through 21 in Seattle's farm system, and we're going to answer some of your questions on today's episode of Locked On Mariners. Colby, hit it. You are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Locked On Mariners podcast. It is Thursday, August 11, 2022, and thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms with new episodes dropping every single Monday through Friday. I am your host, Titan Gonzalez, joined as always by my co-host, Colby Patnode. We cover the Mariners over at InsideTheMariners.com for Fan Nation over on the Sports Illustrated Network. Be sure to follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. Follow Inside the Mariners at Inside Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez, S-T-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z, and Colby at C. Pat 11 that's cpat11 be sure to also check out our patreon over at patreon.com forward slash control the zone we post two additional podcasts on there every single week again that is patreon.com forward slash control the zone and if this is your first time joining us here on the locked on mariners podcast welcome to the show if you like what you hear give us a follow or subscribe wherever you're listening to this and if you're watching us on youtube hit the subscribe button turn on the notification bell and give this video a thumbs up we greatly 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 appreciate it And today we are going to be ranking prospects 25 through 21 by Colby here in the Mariners farm system. We're also going to be answering some of your questions. we got a few questions via email. got a few questions on Twitter. Going to answer as many as we possibly can on that front. But let's hop into the prospects. Continuing prospect week, which we've taken a couple of days off from, but we're going to ramp it back up. We did uh, 30 through 26 on Monday's show, and now we are doing prospects 25 through 21 in the Mariners farm system, starting with outfielder Zach Deloach who has been a meme in the Mariners uh, Twitter sphere top prospect Zach Deloach 23 years old down in AA Arkansas he continues to fall down your ranks I believe the last time he did your ranks he was somewhere in the late teens now he's at 25 why does Zach Deloach continue to fall for you yeah just the odds of him ever being a an everyday player are, are falling pretty quick um looks like a fourth outfield ceiling uh not really struggled early in the year he uh he's kind of turned it on as of late but there's just not a lot of ceiling here he looks like he's a fourth outfielder um maybe a slightly more athletic seth smith type um but is that somebody to really get that excited about no uh so you know he's still he's a good athlete uh can't really stay in center field though, and that really hurts his value. So he's a he's a left fielder more than likely, who I don't know might get 240 with with 15 home run power out of him, uh, steal some bags, but that's really all he is. He's he's a fourth outfielder. There's nothing there's nothing special about that. Um, you know, there, there's not a ton of you know plus skills to work with. Not a lot of plus tools. Um, you're just kind of hoping that he hits his way to to the uh, to the big leagues and. You know, for his age, drafted out of college, and he's he's still kind of you know puttering around down in Double A. It's a bit concerning. So uh, fourth outfielders are valuable. Uh, you know, strong side platoon guys are valuable, and and an athlete like him is is still valuable. But it's just not worthy of being top twenty, even in a Mariner system that uh, downgraded, I guess, at the trade deadline. Uh, it's just he's just not quite there. So uh, mm-hmm. still might be a big leaguer, but uh, it's there's not a lot of ceiling there. Coming in at number 24 is a player that you have become very excited about. One of their draftees from this past draft uh, last month, 
Hogan Windish, infielder, currently at low A Modesto. He's 23 years old, uh, has been playing second base, but might end up at first base slash DH. That seems kind of where he's going to end up. And there's obviously been some comps to Ty France. And he's been hitting the absolute heck out of the ball down in Modesto so far since he was called up. And, um, you know, this is a, this is a pretty aggressive spot to place a, a guy that was just a recent seventh-round draft pick. So why do you like Hogan Windish so much? So well, it's an 80-grade name. Uh, second of all, the dude hits. Uh, you know, he hit in college. Uh, he's hitting right now. Um, it's funny you watch him. He, the, the stance, the setup, it all reminds me of Michael Young. I'm a big Michael Young fan, so, you know, former Ranger shortstop. So maybe that has something to do with it. But – it's a line drive uh, approach. He can go line to line. He's developing power. It's already there. It's about average, but there might be a little bit more to tap into. Um, and I would say, you know, I think most people assumed he was going to move to first base DH type. Uh, not so fast because according to Jason Churchill, who's been following him around for the last week or so down in the Cal league, uh, he looks fine at second base. He makes the turn very well. He's got more than enough arm. He's comfortable there. Um, it, it doesn't seem like it's a foregone conclusion that he cannot handle second base as a pro. Uh, so if you're getting an average bat, which I think Windish could be at second base and it's average defense there, that's a very good player. So I think there's a little bit of Austin Shinton here where this guy could really just, you know, have a great rest of this year. And then next year he, he starts at, you know, high A uh, and he's in double A by May. I, I think the bat is, is that advanced. It's, it's a very, um, very simple swing and it's, it's generates a lot of uh, bat speed. Uh, and like I said, the power is definitely there. So mm-hmm. ceiling, maybe that one year, Jose Lopez was really good. Um, but mm-hmm. I really see a, a Ty Wigington, uh, Steve Pierce type of comp here. And, and that's, that's valuable. And I, I think you can get there uh, pretty quick. I I'm a big believer in the bat. So coming in at number 23, Axel Sanchez, who I know Jason Churchill likes quite a bit, 19-year-old shortstop down in Loe Modesto, having a pretty good year. Why do you like Sanchez? Well, he's a shortstop, first and foremost. There's really no debating that. He can definitely stick it short. He's got the tools. He's got the arm. Uh, it's it's pretty fluid over there. I wouldn't say he's a plus shortstop. Arroyo, better defensively. Um, and there's some swing and miss here. There is. There, there are some things he has to clean up. Uh, but... We're talking about probably average uh, raw power right now. Um, we're talking about a guy who, uh, you know, again, legitimate shortstop can stay there. Uh, it's it's a power speed combo that's pretty rare at 19 years old. Uh, I don't I don't think he's a star or anything like that. But Axel Sanchez is a guy who is developing at a rate that may have made it easier for Jerry Depoto to part ways with with Edwin Arroyo. Because I think I think the Mariners really like what they have here in Axel Sanchez. Uh, I think there's a shot that we're talking about him a year from now in the top, you know, six or seven of this Mariner system. We have to see how the bat progresses. There's still a lot a lot of work to be done on the swing and all that stuff. But it's a legitimate shortstop. He's a you know above average runner with a plus arm, uh, with at least average power right now. And so if you can just get the bat to average, that's that's an all star. So. Uh, again, a lot of work to do, 19 years old, but I think he can get there, and, and that's the profile that is is uh, really exciting for the Mariners to get their hands on. A lot of work to do, but the Mariners are willing to do it. 
At number 22, Travis Kuhn, right-handed reliever, down in AA Arkansas. I know a lot of folks uh, that follow the Mariners farm system quite a bit are uh, falling in love with Travis Kuhn. So why is Travis Kuhn rising through the ranks for the Mariners and for folks that follow the Mariners farm? Kind of out of nowhere, Travis Kuhn uh, arrived this year throwing 95 to 99 miles an hour with a two-seamer that has run and sink um, and a slider that is it's it's I would say it's closer to like the James Paxton slider where it was like is it a cutter is it a slider it's kind of in the middle uh, but they're both legitimate swing and miss pitches uh, he's a reliever there's no like there's no illusion that maybe he can start uh, he's a pure reliever needs to throw more strikes uh, not great command but really good stuff uh, he's 25 years old so you really want to see him challenged I I would like to see him up in AAA here. Um, but I think this is a guy who's got a really good shot to make the Mariners bullpen out of spring training next year. Uh, and if he has average control and command, you know, he's a seventh inning type, uh, possibly a high leverage guy, uh, even if mm-hmm. the if the slider uh, finds a little bit more consistency. But it's two legitimate, you know, 60-grade pitches. And if he can get to 50-grade 50 command and 55 control, that's a high leverage arm. All right, before we get to number 21 on our list and start answering some of your questions, real quick, a reminder, this episode of Locked On Mariners is brought to you by Blue Nile. Whether you're ready to pop the question or you're celebrating a milestone moment, find jewelry as unique as them with the modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. Blue Nile has simple online tools that let you choose the diamond shape, size, and clarity, as well as setting style. Blue Nile's bench jewelers will then handcraft their perfect engagement ring, and each ring will be a one-of-a-kind. Looking for fine jewelry but having trouble choosing blue nile has jewelry experts on hand 24 7 available via phone or chat to help you find a memorable gift at every budget make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. and going on now is the blue nile anniversary sale save up to 40 percent on classic fine jewelry pieces and 25 percent on engagement ring settings plus every order is insured ships free and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside shop stress-free and find your forever piece go to bluenile.com today you're listening to the locked on mariners podcast thank you again for making us your first listen of the day so colby let's hop back in to your prospect ranks and finish things up here with number 21 stephen kolek 25 year old right-handed pitcher 25 years old that's pretty old for a prospect especially one that's down in double a uh, but why do you like kolek so much to put him at 21 on your list uh it's a big fastball it's 97 miles an hour uh, and it's a pretty easy 97. There's not a ton of, of effort in the delivery. Uh, the slider, I would say, is probably about 55 grade right now. Uh, the fun thing about the slider is he can not only get swings and misses outside of the zone with it, he can throw it for a strike when he needs it. So it's it's a legitimate 55-grade pitch. Uh, the fastball is probably a 60-grade pitch. Now, again, he is 25. Control is not great. Uh, this all kind of screams you know, reliever profile here, but there has been some improvement in his third pitch, uh, in a changeup. He's working on it. It's flashed average. There's a chance he can start. There's a chance he's a late bloomer. Ultimately he's probably a, a reliever. Most pitchers are probably relievers. Um, but it is one of those things where I, I think I would say that I, I think he has just enough of a chance to start that that's why I was willing to put him, uh, ahead of somebody like Travis Kuhn. 
but ultimately I do think he's probably a reliever and I am interested to see if they put a little effort into that delivery. Uh, maybe he could regularly touch triple digits with the fastball and still, you know, throw a really nice slider that he can throw in the strike zone and outside of the strike zone and get swings and misses with. It's it's a really interesting arm and and you know, maybe the Mariners have found something that other organizations couldn't in the 25-year-old. Now, yesterday off air, you told me this was your favorite crop of prospects that we were going to be talking about mm-hmm. on this uh, on this list. Why? Not the best, but uh, my favorite because Hogan mm-hmm. Windish is in it. Um, and, and also Axel Sanchez. I really like mm-hmm. uh, what I'm hearing about Axel Sanchez. Travis Kuhn is a fun arm. Um, I think, you know, there's a chance Kuhn and Kolick are both Mariners bullpen arms next year. Um, and I, I don't think there's a, I don't think we can absolutely say that there's no chance that uh, Kolick is a starter uh, at some point. Sure. Um, so yeah, it's just a fun list. Uh, like I said, I just, I really, Windish and Axel Sanchez to me, those are two guys that I think a year from now could be top 10 prospects in a good Mariner system, which is going to reload again with probably an extra draft pick if Julio wins rookie of the year uh, and a, a really good international class. I just think those guys are going to produce and they're going to, they're going to rise quickly. So um, it's hard not to, to follow Mariners minors right now and not see the name Hogan Windish and Axel Sanchez just pasted everywhere. So mm-hmm. those are two really exciting players. Um, I think they're, I think they're going to move pretty fast. Uh, so that, that's why I really like this portion of the list. All right. So let's get into our listeners questions. Uh, and we're going to start with an email that we got earlier this week from Luke, uh, who sent us a really, really nice email. Actually, he sent it back on August 5th. Uh, so sorry for just now getting to this, Luke, uh, but really appreciate the email. He's actually got four questions for us, but I think they're all like pretty quick uh, that we can answer. Uh, plus, they more so ask about stuff with us rather than stuff with the team. And I think now that you know we've added a lot of subscribers, we've added a lot of listeners as of late, especially over the last month or so, I think it would be good for you at home to uh, maybe learn more about us. So. Uh, first question, uh, we we have some questions for me, some questions for you, Coley. So the first question uh, is more so directed to me. Uh, Ty, how did you become a Mariners fan living in Toronto? Well, so I was born in Washington. I lived there for 12 years of my life, naturally a, a Mariners fan because of that. Ended up moving around, and uh, I met who would end up becoming my wife uh, online and she lives in Toronto. And so I ended up moving here. We got married. I'm a permanent resident here in Canada now. And so now the, uh, the downside to that, unfortunately, is that I have to typically wait until 10 o'clock for Mariners games to even start at least Mariners home game, home games or anytime they're on the West coast. So that, that part is uh, not fun, uh, especially on uh, during the Monday nights, uh, crazy or not Monday night, uh, but the uh, crazy uh, 13 inning affair between the Yankees and the Mariners. Cause I ended up staying and staying up until like two 30 in the morning, watching that game. And then I had to record a, a video after and stayed up till three. Uh, so yeah, so that, that can happen. There's a lot of long nights being a, a Mariners fan living in Toronto. Uh, and then he uh, he adds, uh, if I'm understanding correctly, you're involved a lot with Seattle sports in general. How did you get started in that? Well, that actually kind of ties into what your third question on here is, and that's how did you guys meet up? How did Colby and I meet up? Were you guys friends for a while before covering sports together, or did the friendship develop while covering sports together? It's the uh, it's the latter. Col- I can see it on Colby's face right now. He's going friendship. Yeah, I don't know. About that. I just- <laughs> 
I remembered our anniversary, so... That's true. That's true. Yeah, you're still holding that against me. You're going to hold it against me until the next anniversary, aren't you? Pretty sure I'm the one who remembered the CTZ anniversary as well, but okay. Um, <laughs> no, so, yes. Ty, Ty is definitely married, living in Toronto. Mm, mm. Definitely. Definitely. Mm, definitely, yeah. quote-unquote. All right, so, yeah, so you're... Uh, it's the latter um, for your third question. Uh, basically how I got my start is how Colby and I ended up meeting each other. Um, so Colby was the site expert over at Soto Mojo, which is the fan sided site for, uh, the, for the Mariners. I applied, he approved me. I wrote under him for a few months. We ended up co-running, running the site for a while. And then once that ended, we ended up sticking together and starting our independent thing, which is uh, control the zone on Patreon. Uh, we also started up a, a website called true to the trident, which, uh, I didn't really follow through on because I ended up getting busy. <laughs> I ended up getting busy with other stuff. Colby was also writing over at what was called at the time Seahawk Maven, now all Seahawks over on the uh, Fan Nation uh, network on Sports Illustrated. And uh, he ended up getting me in touch with uh, Corbin Smith, who was the publisher at the time. And uh, I ended up starting writing over there. And then I became Corbin's co-reporter uh, slash editor and uh, did that for about a year and a half. Had some really cool opportunities from that. Fortunately, that came to an end, uh, you know, a couple of months ago. And uh, yeah, now I'm just doing locked on M's and I'm uh, covering uh, inside the Mariners for uh, or covering the Mariners for inside the Mariners over at Fan Nation for Sports Illustrated. So, yeah. Yeah, there I think go. what Ty's trying to say is that uh, Colby got me a Mariners job, yep. a Seahawks job, and then a mm -hmm. legitimate like Seahawks job because you wouldn't have gotten the legitimate Seahawks yeah. job. If Which I led to a legitimate job. Mariners job. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, and all Ty ever got me was fired. So, you know, it's one of those things where uh, the relationship has had its ups and downs, let's say. But uh, yes, Ty owes I mean, it all to me is what he's basically I mean, saying. I mean, to be transparent here, to be transparent here, I was the one who was asked to host Locked On. And then I said, yeah. I have a buddy that I podcast with. So technically, I got you this job. So debt repaid. Oh, so we're about even. <laughs> I got you three jobs. You got me one <laughs> after you fired me from one of the jobs that I got you. Okay. Cool. I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, cool. I mean, no, yeah, no, sure. Um, no, but uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, I had no idea who Ty was and I only approved him because I was desperate for writers. So yeah, it's true. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, that's honestly not wrong. Uh, all right. So this, uh, this question is for you, Colby. What's your background in player analysis? I hear you quoting stats a lot, but a lot of your comments make you th uh, make me think you've got your own very developed eye for talent aside from just box scores or stat sheets. Have you spent time as a coach or a scout? How did you find your way into that aspect of the game or what piqued your interest in it? Uh, yeah, so no scouting. Uh, I did coach, but very low level, nothing that would give you, a, you know, an edge or anything like that. Um, yeah, I, I don't think I have a great eye for talent, uh, to be honest with you. I like who I like and I don't like who I don't like. And sometimes I can't explain it. Uh, but you know, for the most part, I'm just reading the same stats you guys are. I just maybe place value on them differently. Um, you know, for example, the, the Dylan Moore thing, right? Like, oh, well, he's got a 115 WRC plus and it's like, well, that's great, but that's largely based on the fact that he's hit six home runs and like 100 at-bats and that he's gotten hit by eight pitches. Like that's driving his on-base percentage. So like it's just one of those things that to me, I always look at context and I I, I try to blend uh, kind of, you know, 
the numbers that I do love and I do I do place more value on uh, with what my eyes are telling me. And, and like it's, you know, lately the thing has been like Logan Gilbert. Oh, his numbers have been fine except for the last two starts. But watch him. What do your eyes tell you about Logan Gilbert? He's in trouble. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those things where to me, it's just, I just read a lot, right? Uh, I'm not afraid to, to read other people's scouting reports. Uh, you know, I, I look at the numbers just like everybody else. Sometimes, you know, I look at more than one set of numbers. Um, and it's just, to me, it's just about, you know, trying to have the biggest picture you can. So uh, nothing special about uh, what I do. Like I said, I'm not a scout. Um, I'm terrible with like swing analysis. Uh I can, I pretty much farm that out to other people who can do that. Um, and so I just, it's, it's one of those things where, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not a scout. I don't have a scouting background. Uh, I just, you know, read a lot, uh, of baseball. I watch a lot of baseball and I just kind of form opinions based on that. So there's nothing very scientific about it. Um, I just, you know, I think I have a pretty decent track record at spotting who's going to be good, who's going to be bad, but that's, just luck as far as I can tell. And I think my decent track record is probably about the same as everybody else's 50, 50. So, mm. uh, just read a lot of fan graphs, a lot of baseball reference, um, a lot of stat cast, watch a lot of video, watch a lot of games and just kind of, you know, trust what my eyes tell me and then back it up with the stats. And if the stats tell me I'm wrong, I kind of try to find out why. And that's, mm. that's pretty much how I come up with my, my player evaluations or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, compiling stats, compiling the eye tests and everything to lead to an ultimate conclusion. Right. And, That's what I do as well. Right. I, I would I just I know we gotta run here, but I would just say also don't be afraid to be wrong and don't be afraid mm. to be wrong in a big way. Put yourself yeah. out there. If you're right, great. Nobody cares. If you're wrong, everybody will let you know. That doesn't matter. Right. <laughs> yeah, Stay true to yourself. This is what I believe. This is what I think should happen. And if it does happen and it turns out great for you, awesome. If it doesn't, Everybody mm-hmm. will let you know, and you can just ignore them. It's not that hard. So, yeah, don't be afraid to be wrong in a big way. All right, last thing from Luke. How do I get a Julio Rodriguez jersey? <laughs> Since it's his rookie year playing for the Mariners and my first year cheering for them, that's got to be the jersey I get, not to mention that he may be one of the goats when it's all said and done. Thing is, I can't find anything on Amazon or on the Mariners online shop, but I know those jerseys exist. Do either of you know a place to look for them? So, uh, I actually looked into this myself recently because I would like to purchase a Julio Rodriguez Navy jersey. Uh, the best place that you're going to be able to find Julio jerseys uh, is just the Mariners team store. And they will mail you stuff if you call them uh, on the uh, at the ballpark. I, I, I would recommend the, the team store at the ballpark itself. That's the best one. It has the most uh, selection. It has the most variety. And it's typically your best bet to find the stuff that you want. Um the issue, though, is with the supply chain issues going on. I mean, even the Mariners themselves this year weren't able to wear the Northwest green jerseys for a month for the first month of the season because of supply chain issues. They jerseys are, are not as available as typically they would pre pandemic, basically. Um, you know, the for me being a Mariners fan in Toronto or just a Mariners fan outside of Washington in general, it's awful for getting stuff because the websites, the MLB shops and the fanatics and all that stuff just doesn't update. There's hardly anything on there right now. So I would call the Mariners team store. Now, if you do want a Navy Jersey, uh, Navy Julio Jersey in particular, uh, those apparently are not going to be in stock until September. Uh, they didn't tell me what date specifically, uh, but they did say that September they are expecting to get them. So just a heads up on that if you are interested. But I would yeah. recommend the team store. 
yeah, Team Swords your best bet. Um, kind of depends if you want like screen printed or you want stitched and all that stuff. But yeah, the for some reason the Mariners Team Store does not let you order online. You have to physically call them and place mm. your order, which is to me one of the dumbest things <laughs> that I've ever heard. But it, it is what you have to do. Uh, Fanatics you can get. I think right now you can get like a screen printed. It's still mm. a nice jersey, but it's not stitched, so there's no like embossed yeah. like on the lettering or anything like that. But I think you can get one right now for like 80 bucks, one of his all-star jerseys. Mm. Um, so yeah, it just kind of depends on how much you want to spend and how long you're willing to wait. Uh, but, uh, you can order them at the Mariners team store. You just have to physically call them yeah, yeah. or email them. <laughs> All right. So we are going to get into your Mariners specific questions from Twitter in just a moment, but real quick, a reminder, this episode of locked on Mariners is brought to you by liver health formula did you know the key to sustainable weight loss is through your liver the liver is the body's metabolic furnace it's responsible for flushing out harmful toxins and igniting your fat burning metabolism but thanks to modern diets rich and unhealthy processed foods and constant exposure to thousands of man-made and environmental toxins most of us have overworked livers but now it's easy to rejuvenate your liver health and reignite your metabolism thanks to liver health formula by pure health research liver health formula contains eight liver boosting super nutrients like turmeric beet and artichoke extract all of which work together to wake up a sluggish liver and turn it into a toxin flushing and fat burning machine no more bloated belly no more uncomfortable digestion no more feeling tired and low on energy all the time and best of all liver health formula makes it easier to maintain a healthy body weight long term as a listener of our show you can try liver health formula risk-free today and get a free bottle of curb fit with your order curb fit is a safe and all-natural appetite suppressant making it easy to say no to unhealthy foods this makes it the perfect complement to liver health formula go to getliverhelp.com mlb to learn more again that's getliverhelp.com mlb to try liver health formula completely risk-free and claim your free bottle of curb fit with your order go to getliverhelp.com mlb now to get started all right, so let's get into your questions from Twitter. We're only going to be able to answer a few of these. But let's start with Daisy and the Dingo. How much do you guys care about remaining strength of schedule? According to Tankathon and Fangraphs, the Mariners have the easiest remaining strength of schedule in the bigs. Colby? Some, but not a ton. Uh, a lot of this is, is always subjective. Who's healthy? Who's not healthy? Um, you know, what starting pitchers am I going to run up against like, Oh, I play the angels, you know, 10 times, but what if I face Shohei Otani three times? You know what? It's, it's one of those things where yes, it's helpful and it can, you know, provide some, some hope when there's some, you know, maybe a, a downturn or something like that. But ultimately it comes down to who's playing well, who's healthy, who's producing, who's not, who's available, who's not uh, like Cleveland, right? That's, that's a big series coming up here. Seven against Cleveland. What if you have to face Shane Bieber twice? You know, what if, what if, or what if, you know, Emmanuel Classe pitched three of the last four days and he's just not available for the first two games of the series, you know? So it, it does have value, but not a ton, especially the further out you get. The Mariners' schedule in September, like late September, really doesn't matter right now because we don't mm -hmm. know who's healthy, who's playing well. So, uh, it's, it's, it's helpful, but it, to me, it's, it's not something that I, I study, you know, closely, like Ty was close to the camera there. 
Yeah, I was trying to fix my uh, laptop charger, <laughs> which apparently wasn't plugged in. Uh, oh, that could have been okay. really bad for our recording there had I uh, yeah. not noticed that. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know, at the end of the day, it's baseball, right? It's baseball. Things can happen. Craziness can ensue. You can't, nothing is guaranteed. Uh, no game is a guarantee that you're going to win, that you're going to lose, what have you, right? So you can put some stock into it. Obviously, this is a very easy schedule on paper, right? This is like the the Mariners have to royally mess this up or something has to go wrong that's out of their control, like injuries, right? Like a bunch of injuries for them to not be able to get through this uh, at least, you know, somewhat above 500, right? Like there's a very good chance that they're going to be able to get through this. I mean, they only have to go 30 and 19 over their next 49 games to finish with the same record as last year. I think there's a pretty good chance of them. Oh, that's it. Yeah, that's it. Just 11 over in 50 games. Oh, okay. No problem. (laughs) No problem. I mean, mean, you'd you'd rather have an easier schedule on paper than a harder schedule on paper, but that's all it is. It's just, it's on paper. You still got to win the games. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, so next question comes from Doug at Sal's underscore Doug. Jerry solved this problem at the deadline, but let's say you have two prospects who play the same position and are on a similar developmental timeline. Think Cole Young and Edwin, and Edwin Arroyo, of course, who was traded to the Cincinnati Reds in the Luis Castillo deal. Uh, do you have them play at the same level, one plays second or separate levels? Colby? Yeah, so much about development is about the bat. Um, it's the most important tool. Uh, so, and also, this isn't a problem. Like, oh, I have too many shortstops. Oh no, great. Uh, so yeah, it's just one of those things where if they're both ready for the same level, you find a way to make it work. And and you know, it, there's really no point in 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 worrying about like for in this example, right? Arroyo and, and Cole Young. Let's say they were both at Double A at the same time. By then you have a pretty good idea of which one's going to be your shortstop and you just slide the other one to second base. Um, it doesn't mean that like Cole Young would never play shortstop in this scenario. He probably would. And maybe you see what Edwin Arroyo looks like in center field or third base or whatever. So, yeah, you just find a way to make it work. But ultimately it comes down to the bats. If the bats are developing at roughly the same level, that's a good thing. And you just put them where they're going to be challenged offensively the most. Um mm-hmm where you still think they can succeed. So it really, it comes down to the bats positions. You kind of figure out later. Um, and yeah, in, in this very specific scenario, you just slide one of the guys to second base because that yeah. still is an insanely valuable defensive position. Yeah. You're not going to put someone in an unfavorable situation just because their position isn't available. Yeah. You know, so Cole Young and Edwin Arroyo, had they both been in the organization at the same time? I mean, they were for like a couple of weeks, but like actually, you know, had an opportunity to play with one another. Yeah, you would just move one of them to second base. Likely Young, who has a likelier path to be in a second baseman than Edwin Arroyo does. So, um, yeah, I think that's just what the, uh, the uh, solution would be in that situation. Because, again, like. Why would I want to put, you know, because you know, we're talking about teenagers here, right? Guys that are in their late teens with both Arroyo and Young. Why would I want to put a 19-year-old in high A when he's clearly not ready for it, when most 19-year-olds are not ready for high A? I mean, obviously, you got guys like Axel Stan- Sanchez that have made, like, quick little appearances there. But usually they need to be down in, you know, low A or the complex league, et cetera. So uh, just because their their position isn't necessarily available to them doesn't mean that I'm just going to suddenly throw their development time out of the window. So next question comes from Taylor Jolly at Go Mariners Forever. 
Assuming Sam Haggerty continues to hit at a above average clip, what role do you see him playing in 2023? Super utility role, or do you see him getting a shot at a starting role? Colby? Yeah. Um, so assuming that, you know, he stays at the big league level for the next 50 games, as he should. Um, and in those 50 games, he gets another, I don't know, 150 plate appearances, let's say, give or take. Uh, and he continues to perform. Uh, I think at that point you could convince me to go into the offseason penciling Haggerty in as the starting second baseman next year. He's pretty good there. There's a lot of fun things he can do. He's really good, like number eight, number nine type of hitter. Um, I don't think you should just assume that he's going to be that guy. I think if an opportunity comes along to get better there, you do it and you just kind of slide Haggerty around. Uh, but really what Haggerty does with a really good, you know, final 50 games is he puts himself on the 26 man roster and forces the Mariners to find a way to kick him off. Uh, right now we're not even hundred percent sure that he's going to stick when everybody's healthy, even though we, he should, but we he can't should. say that for sure, but we can't say that's for sure. But if Haggerty does stick and he continues to play like this for the next 50 games, then the Mariners have the burden to, to find somebody significantly better because let's not forget Haggerty is also controllable and very, very cheap which would allow them to go spend more resources at, say, third base or in the bullpen or in left field. So, uh, yeah, I think Haggerty is – I think he's going to continue to hit some. I, I don't think he's going to put up a 150 WRC plus, but I think he'll hit some. And I think, you know, well, I think we'll pro- what will probably happen is we'll enter the offseason saying he's penciled in as the starting second baseman because there's literally nobody else. And then ultimately I think the Mariners' plan for him would be as kind of the – the the 10th guy the 11th guy right the the mm-hmm. guy who plays second left field third base and plays three or four times a week i think that's i think it's probably what his ceiling is but uh i mean if he does put up a 150 wrc plus over the next 50 games and they tell me he's our starting second baseman next year yep totally get it <laughs> yeah uh right now since the all-star break sam haggerty is first in batting average and this is on the team of course first in batting average first in slugging percentage first in wrc plus first in F4, second in on-base percentage by like six points. He's been very good. And of course, part of that, part of him being so high on the rankings list is, you know, Julio Rodriguez hasn't played a lot. Ty France hasn't played a lot. Mitch Hanager hasn't played a lot. But Haggerty has been really, really good. He's an everyday player right now. Who knows if that continues, but right now he's an everyday player for the Mariners. They got to keep going with him. He's the hot hand right now. And uh, he's helping them win games. You know, yesterday they had no sense of life against Nestor Cortez Jr. And then he hits that home run and that kind of broke things open for the Mariners at that point. So, yeah, he's he's uh, he's been massive for them. I mean, even, you know, you think back to the uh, the Texas game when they were down, what, four nothing or whatever. And then he hit the inside the park uh, home run that kicked mm-hmm. everything off for the Mariners and that win. So he's uh, he's been kind of a uh, the energizer bunny for the for the Mariners in, in uh, plenty of ways. So that's going to do it for our show today. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Lockdown Mariners podcast. Uh, for Colby Patnode, I'm Tidane Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow Inside the Mariners at Inside Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez, D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z, and Colby at CPAT11, that's C-P-A-T-1-1. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode, whether you're watching or listening to it. And thank you again for making us your first listen of the day, just like you do here every single day. We greatly appreciate your support. Now make your second listen, the Locked On MLB podcast, MLBX 
expert Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories around the league. Follow the number one daily league-wide podcast, Locked on MLB, on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts just like us. And with that, have yourself a beautiful baseball day. The Mariners are back tomorrow, and we will see you then. Peace.